welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 20th of December 2015, entitled The Gift That Matters, and the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Right, we're going to take our scripture reading at this time. We're going to be reading, I guess, what was the final reading in our readings this morning, and looking back there for just... Just a few moments this evening, hoping to give you great encouragement from, uh, from God's Word. We read the Christmas story. Of course, we had all the readings this morning from the various books of the Bible. Um, and I'm not sure that even though that when John speaks of the coming of Christ, he doesn't speak of the manger, he doesn't speak of uh, the town of uh, Bethlehem, uh, but he speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ and his coming in a very, very different way. Uh, this evening, I'm going to be reading from John chapter 1, reading verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Our Father and our God, we thank you again, Lord, that we have your word before us to read from this evening. Your spirit within us to give, an under, give us understanding that we would not have in ourselves. But Father, as we focus our attention these next moments here on this passage of Scripture, Lord, you know every heart of every individual here this evening. We would simply ask and pray at this time 
Lord, that you would meet the needs of each one, that you would speak that which you would speak to each one. Lord, that hearts might be touched, that every need might be met, that you might do that work that is far greater than even possible by men. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I would remind you this evening as we look at this passage again that we looked at briefly this morning, that of all the Christmas stories, and it's beautiful and it's amazing that year after year after year, that the story never gets old. But I would ask a simple question in that how could anyone really surpass the powerful description that John gives us here of the event that took place, the incarnation, the miracle of the infinite God of the universe that came to us, that revealed himself to us in the person of a tiny, vulnerable little baby. The Bible told us there in verse 4, in him, in Jesus, in that one that came, in the incarnate God, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. John is telling us that in and through this one called Jesus, God has made it possible for you, for me, for every human being on the face of this earth to experience something that is beyond us, to experience the very power and love and the very depths of our existence of the one that created us, that can offer us a fullness of life that without him in this life, there would just be a void that nothing else could fill. But did you notice that as we read this, turning from all of this grace and truth and the wonder of God coming in the flesh, that he told us there in verse 11, he came into his own, and his own received him not. It really boggles my mind when I try to comprehend and understand that the God of the universe that created everything that is, that his plan, I, I mentioned this morning that, you know, one of the most exciting events that we face in this life is when we welcome that newborn baby into this, into this world. And, of course, when we think about a, a child being born, many times there's a lot of planning that goes in. And, and of course, with most of us back in uh, when, when our children came along, it was, it was very unusual to even know whether it was going to be a boy or a girl until you were surprised at that moment. Now, most people want to know ahead of time so they can plan on what color to paint the room and what kind of, of outfits that they want to buy and all of these things. But to have a child, to raise a child, it takes planning. But I try to go back and think that when this infant entered, whose birthday we celebrate, and I say again, we're not celebrating the 25th of December because the odds are that's not the day that it took place on but we're celebrating the event of this one that entered this world like no other before. But I try to 
understand. The Bible tells us, and you know that one of my favorite Christmas passages is when the Bible tells us that it was in the fullness of time that God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born of a virgin, in the fullness of the time, the Bible says, in God's perfect timing, all the events, all the planning. You see, the Bible also tells us that God planned it even before the foundation of the world. This birth was already planned, that this one would come into this world, that God himself would come in flesh to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. It's hard for me to fully grasp the kind of love that God had for us to willingly come into this world knowing that just as we've read here that his own received him not. I mentioned this morning as we thought about this thought of from the crib to the cross at Christmas, Jesus maybe came in that crib or that cradle in that manger, but he came for the purpose of the cross. He came and was born in the flesh so that he could die the death for each and every one of us. God planned that from eternity past. He said for us there in verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God came to us emphasizing the miracle of the persistence of God. He just got through telling us that he came and his own received him not. Aren't you glad that true love doesn't just throw up its hands and quit when the going gets tough? Many times in this world, there are those that we love dearly. Sometimes we don't do the greatest job of showing it. Sometimes we fail to express it. But what I want to remind you of during this Christmas season is of a love that is beyond, a love that is totally and completely unrestricted, unreserved. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. It doesn't matter if you're one of those that have rejected him rather than receiving him. Aren't you glad he doesn't just throw up and say, well, that's it. I'm through with you. I'm through with humanity. But you see, his love, through that grace, keeps bringing him back, bringing him back until he tells us there in verse 12, to as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. No more beautiful Christmas story ever told. Do you remember, those of you that maybe are graying like me, do you remember the excitement of Christmas when you were small? <laughs> there are few things in this world that excite kids like the majesty of Christmas the wonder of it all. And we might think, well, yes, but that's because they're thinking of all those presents they're going to get. <laughs> Sometimes their list can be long. And, you know, I remember making my list, and I remember, sure, as a kid, I was excited about those, those gifts, and I was excited about getting up on Christmas morning and, and seeing what was there under the tree. 
But there was something far more than that, even as a child. And that's the reality of the fact that there's something even in this cruel, sin-cursed world that sometimes, sometimes things can be so bad around us. And yet the wonder of Christmas, people just seem, for the most part, to be more responsive, to show their love more, to think about those that maybe they haven't thought of in a long time. You find that, I think that sometimes at Christmas, we all need to get just a little bit more of that child in us. <laughs> I know it's just a lighthearted story and probably not very, very uh, true to heart, but I, I remember reading a little illustration of an elderly couple by the name of Henry and Martha. And Henry and Martha were in their 70s and Times before they had lost those they loved, and, and, and Henry and Martha in their 70s had, had come together because of a, a love that they had one for another. And so they decided that they were going to spend their last days together, to be companions one to the other. And so on their wedding night, as Martha was getting ready to retire, she took out this bottle of pills. And she took this pill, and she took one of them, and as she took that pill, Henry looked over and he was shocked. He said, Martha, I didn't know you were on medications. She says, oh, I'm, I'm not. He said, these are, these are just to make me feel young again. <laughs> she was trying to, to get some of that vitality back. So Henry thought, hmm, I might could try some of that. <laughs> but he went a bit further. He thought, well, wow, if, if, if one will do that for you, what would a handful of them do? So Henry takes a whole handful of these tablets that Martha was taking to, to help her feel young again. The next morning, Martha wakes up and Henry's nowhere to be found. She looks around and she goes and she can't find him anywhere in the house. She looks out the front door and there's Henry sitting out on the curb just crying his eyes out. Martha says, Henry, what is wrong? And through his tears, he looked up at her and he says, I missed the school bus. <laughs> now, I don't think that many of us would want to go back quite that far, even if we could. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that one thing about Christmas, it can help us recapture some of that childhood. When all the stresses and troubles and, and problems of the world just weren't quite so big. You see... The Bible teaches us that even in coming to the Lord Jesus, I find it amazing in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, because many times we think, well, we've got to get so religious, and we've got to get all of these things worked out, and we've got to do this, and we've got to do that. Well, I would remind you, in Luke chapter 18, verse 15, it says, and they brought unto him, speaking of Jesus, they brought unto Jesus also infants, speaking of those that were very young, the children, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Here's these folks bringing these children unto Jesus, but when uh, these really spiritual disciples, his followers saw it, they began to rebuke these people. Jesus didn't have time for these little kids. He's far too important 
But Jesus called them unto himself and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. Notice what he goes on to say, For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter heaven. We think we've got to have our big ideas. God said if we're going to come to him, we've got to come as children. What's he talking about? I remember preaching on this passage probably close to 25 years ago here. As a matter of fact, our number five son, Tyler, was just a, was just a little, little fellow, just barely out of, of nappies at the time. And I said, I'll show you exactly what Jesus was talking about here. And, and I stood down here, and I set, stood Tyler up on the edge of that right up there. And I'm talking to the people just like I am to you now. And I turned around, and I said, Tyler, jump. And you know what? He didn't even hesitate. He just jumped right off there, right down into my arms. Now, as he jumped, I could have laughed and just moved out of the way and watched him splatter on the concrete, couldn't I? Push! Tyler didn't even think about that, though. He knew that if his dad told him to jump, he knew he could trust. You see, it's that childlike faith. We're not talking about the silliness, the, the not knowing. and the, It's that total commitment, that trust that a child has. Utter, complete faith. God said, if you're going to come to me, you've got to come like that little child. <laughs> Instead of trying to figure it all out in your human brain, which you'll never do, do you trust me? Do you trust me? We find that so many times we, we lack that trust because we look around us. If you've even had your TV on or your radio on and you've listened to any news in recent weeks, You've been reminded of some of the evils of this world. You've been reminded of terrorists killing people in Paris and killing people in California and all these other threats. We look around us. We see that so many times, rather than joy, we see so much sorrow. You see, even as we come together here tonight, we come in our joy but we also come in our sorrows. We can't deny the existence of trials and, and tribulations, both in our individual lives and, and in the world around us as we look around. Some are grieving. Some are lonely. Some are depressed and discouraged over various things that they're having to face. There are those that are in physical pain of, of some type on some level or another. There's some that are facing financial struggles and possibly even financial ruin. We find that even as we gather here tonight, there are those that somewhere are questioning the meaning of their even their existence, of their purpose in life. What What's it all about? I mean, nations are at war, killing one another. People are hungry and starving. We even see today their, their pictures being put before us and trying to help get us to, to help to give to this cause and that cause because there are so many hungry out there. 
The terrorists keep striping, striking. The nuclear weapons are hanging there wondering if somebody's going to press the wrong button. We find that in the midst of all of that, the announcement that we read here in 1 John, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That in the midst of all of that, God's persistent grace, He came unto His own and His own received Him not, but as many as received Him to them gave He power to become the sons of God. God continues to love even when we destroy and, and make such a mess of his creation and of, and of our lives so many times, I can assure you this. In the end, evil will never defeat God. Never. You see, in all of this, let's let the wonder of Christmas come back to us as a little child. In the physical realm, when we didn't focus on all the bad things in the spiritual realm, when we can trust that there is somebody there that loves us. You see, my mom and dad were not very well-off people. My dad worked hard, and, and, and he made a living. My dad was a pastor for many of his years, and that's certainly not the field you go into to get rich quick. <laughs> But you see, I never questioned the love. The love. We need to wonder. That's what Christmas is really about. It's about the love of God loving us so much that in eternity past, he planned for you to take care of your sins. If you would just believe him and receive him and accept him, he would take away those sins and he would give you life everlasting. You know there's something beyond all of the problems and the difficulties and the, the challenges of this life that we continue so often to make such a mess of. I won't take time for the sake of time this evening. There, a poem written by a man by the name of Lawrence Ferlinghetti. And one of the lines in it goes like this. Christ climbed down from his bare trees this year and ran away to where there were no rootless Christmas trees hung with candy canes and breakable stars. Christ came down from his tree. In other words, what he's trying to point out is what we touched on this morning with the superficiality of everything. Everything being so artificial, so fake that we lose the reality of what it really is all about. The joy that goes deep within us. A joy that this world cannot steal from us. A joy and a wonder. Christmas can be to you and to me, for those of us that aren't so young anymore, Christmas can still be the wonder of that little child. The wonder amidst all the turmoil and the troubles because it was God in the flesh that came in that manger, in that cradle, so that he could make his way to the cross 33 and a half years later. We find that we read the story 
But to many, that's all that it is. This Mary and this Joseph, Mary riding on this donkey, the rough roads of Galilee to Judea. They arrive in Bethlehem, and even as they arrived there in Bethlehem, things didn't go well, did they? They couldn't even find a room to stay in. They were put out back with the animals in the stall. The story goes on to tell us there was this one sitting on the throne at that time whose name was King Herod. King Herod, he called these wise men to him trying to convince them to go find this baby Jesus for him. Of course, his sole purpose was to murder that child. We find that when the wise men didn't produce that child for him, we find that, yes, that first Christmas, we find that all the children under two years of age were murdered by this king sitting upon his throne trying to destroy this one called Jesus. Joseph and Mary, with this young child, they had to take exile in a foreign country in a place called Egypt. I'm saying that even then, injustice and deceit and murder and pride and poverty, they were all a part of even that first Christmas. They're part of the gospel story. That's why that we need to heed that portion. We need to get away from the artificialness of Christmas. You see, the gospel writers, as they give this account to us throughout the scriptures, they want us to know that this Christmas event, that there was nothing superficial about it. It's not about a temporary escape that can be found in some party somewhere, in some drunken brawl. It's not something that you can escape for a week or two weeks away from work. It's something about eternal consequences. It's about God coming down to us. Amidst all the problems and trials and troubles to come to the depths of our love, that even though we may have rejected him time and time and time again, he still loves you. Do you realize? Do you grasp? You know, I know. I know that we've never known a love like that. You know, it's like there's so many things that people sometimes get flustered at me because I have to say I don't know the answer. Explain this place is called heaven and hell. Well, We've never experienced anything like that. Do you understand that we've never experienced anything that is not tarnished with sin? We've never experienced anything in our life that doesn't have the sin curse on it. When we think about eternity with God in a sinless place like heaven, we have nothing in our imagination, in our reading, because since the first couple on this earth, sin came in. We have nothing to relate that to. And so therefore, when we go to the Bible, he uses the most precious, the nice, the most beautiful things that we know of because that's the only thing we can relate to. I've told the people here at Bethel many times. You know, it's kind of like you go out and you eat something for the first time. Maybe you have some rabbit stew and you've never eaten rabbit before. And somebody says, what's it taste like? Well, Kind of like chicken. You have to relate to something you know. You can say it tastes like rabbit. Well, that doesn't tell them anything. 
because they don't know what rabbit tastes like. You see, so many times we have to relate to something that's tarnished, to something that is inferior. And it's the same way with love. I would defy anybody to bring anybody before me that as a husband and a father that loves his family more than I do. Now, I'm far, far, I'm probably the most imperfect husband and father that's ever lived on planet Earth. But I defy you to find anybody that loves my family more. And yet, you know what? That love is tarnished. It's nothing like the love that God loved you with, that he expressed when he sent his son from heaven to be born in the flesh, in that cradle, in that crib, there with the animals, in that manger, to make his way to the cross of Calvary. He did it for you. It's a love that we can never ever, ever fully understand the depths of all the love we have, the greatest loves we have in all the world. They're inferior to his perfect love because we are so imperfect. Many other things that I could say, but I just want to close with this simple thought tonight. From the crib to the cross, at Christmas, it was all for you. It was all for you. See, the Bible gives us a very simple and clear description here of God himself coming to this world, his creation that he had created to live forever. But because of sin has experienced death, because of sin we see the sorrows, the pain, the agony, all these things in this world, they're real. At the root of all of them is this thing called sin. But I'm saying, let's get the wonder of Christmas back in. The wonder is that little child. You see, it's like that child that God wants you to trust him as your heavenly father. Trust him. Believe him. He loves you. He loves you so much that all the times that you've rejected him, all the times, even for those here this evening that are believers, that are Christians, that have given your life to him already, how many times did you fail him last week and, and last month and last year because you're just like me? You're so imperfect that you really could get upset with yourself if you dwelled on it too long. But you see, God cannot love you any less than he does right now because of your imperfections, but he can never love you any more than he does right now because he loves you unconditionally. We use that word a lot, but God is truly the only totally, completely, utter, unconditional love, and that's what he loved you for. That's the wonder of Christmas. That's why he came in that crib. That's why he came. Because God was coming amongst us to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. I ask you the simple question. You see, we all make a choice. You say, preacher, you're putting me on the spot? Well, yes. I don't mind saying that I'm putting you on the spot because, you see, every one of us, every one of us must decide for ourselves. And the only way for a gift of this magnitude Matter of fact, for any gift, 
be offered to you, you have the choice to receive it or to reject it. I do not regret offering you this evening the greatest love, the greatest gift, this phenomenal gift of God that through his grace keeps loving you over and over and over again. I do not regret if God through his word can just remind you of that this Christmas. But you see, for me to offer you the most wonderful gift in all the world, not for me, but from him, you must decide to receive it or to reject it. I just ask you simply, are you willing to receive the greatest gift in all the world, the gift of life, the gift of life? He came, he's life. He is the light of men. He came to give that to you, and he's offering that to you this Christmas. So I trust and pray. I said this morning, I hope you enjoy the festivities, the lights, the time with family. Man, I, I love all of those things, but I love them even more because I know that there's something even beyond that. I know that even for those things that matter the most to me in this life, that because of Jesus, they can be eternal some people, that's just pie in the sky. And the truth is, is that some people, no matter what anybody says, they'll continue to reject. But please, that's not God's fault. By his grace, he's reminding you again this Christmas, God came to this earth. God came in a cradle to go to the cross, to die for you, to give you life that will last forever. I can't make it more simple than that. But the only way that you can receive that gift is to receive it like that little child. Children get excited when you offer them a gift. When God's offering you the greatest gift in all the world, will you accept it like that little child with the excitement, the enthusiasm of, wow, look what he has given to me. Father, I thank you, Lord, because I know that, Lord, to me, after so many years of Christmases and reading the Christmas story over and over again, I pray, Lord, that you would allow me and these here tonight to never lose the wonder of what Christmas really is. Whenever it was that he came, the event that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ into this world. Help us not to lose the wonder of that little child. Help us to realize, Lord, I once heard it said that the crib and the cross were made of the same wood. He came in to this world in a wooden manger in an animal stall. He left this world on a piece of wood, a tree that, Lord, could not have belittled you anymore, could not have demeaned in this world's eyes. But, Father, you loved us so much, you did it all for us. I pray. I pray. I, I, I realize, Lord. I, re I just thank you for the privilege of sharing once again the true, true message of Christmas, not because I can do a very good job at it, but because hopefully, Lord, this evening, that you can take your word that you can speak to hearts. I can't speak to anybody's hearts. Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts. Remind them of the great love, of the great wonder of Christmas. Help them here this evening to be willing.
just as that little child to accept the greatest gift in all the world, the gift of life through Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.